Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 64th episode. As a mental performance coach, I have the honor to work with athletes to enhance their mental game and give them the tools to unlock their full potential. The reason why I created 90% Mental was to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can share their stories and perspectives on the mental game. So today I have Michael Kleiman, a cyclist who's going to share a story about a lifelong goal that he achieved at the age of 49, which was riding his bike from San Francisco to New York. When I heard that Michael had completed this 5,250-mile trek in 92 days, I just had to get him on the show and, and share a story with all of you. And not only are you going to hear about how mentally tough and resilient and gritty Michael was through this experience, he's going to actually share one part of his story, an intimate part, where he actually took a really bad fall and ended up breaking his ribs, and he's going to share with us how he pushed through it so he can complete this trek. So if you're interested in knowing what it takes to, to make a trek across the country, this is a must listen. So without further ado, let's go talk to Michael. Hey, Michael, how are you? Uh, great, Grant. Thank you. Awesome. Well, this is going to be an incredible podcast today. I am so excited to share your story and I don't think I've, I've ever talked to anybody or even met anybody that's done something that you've done. And that is make a trek on a bike from San Francisco to New York. And I can only imagine what it took to get prepared and, what it ma- and imagine what, it just, what you had to go through for months for you to complete this, this goal. So I'm really excited to, to share this story with my listeners. Well, it was a great experience, and I'm happy to uh, be on your podcast and, uh, and talk about it. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, mental toughness, something that I, I love to talk about, and I always start off my show with this, this question, and I'm really, really excited to hear your answer, because I can only imagine what you had to go through for three months. You had to be pretty mentally tough. So when you think about mental toughness, what does mentally tough mean to you? Yeah, you know, after uh, the last time we chatted about it, I've uh, been giving it a fair amount of thought, and you know, I think the uh, the context is helpful, right? Which is, you know, it's not just something that comes up for physical things, but mental ones, uh, you know, uh, intellectual ones as well. And you know, anytime you're under stress, uh, or anytime I'm under stress, uh, I think what mentally tough means for me is really three things. Right. It is uh, one is focus, uh, and that is as as things start getting harder, do you you start to you start to freak out about it, or um, do you start to get even um, more laser focused, uh, almost put blinders on to here's a here's the objective that I've got in mind um, when you're under stress. Uh, the second is that determination, right? Uh, and you know, tightly related, which is you know uh, described as grit, and it's uh, in all sorts of other ways. But you know, do you do you start to buckle down and say, I have a you know never stop attitude um, when you're under stress, and then. Uh, and then the last is um, is what's the nature of that attitude? And for me, it's um, it's staying positive, right? It's uh, uh, the harder harder things get, 
uh, a lot of the time it's um, finding a nugget of humor or um, uh, just the sort of the positive angle of things uh, and and focusing in on that. And that combo for me is uh, what I think has been true in all sorts of different situations in my life, but uh, it, it definitely came into focus when uh, when I was on the trip and you know for you know the bulk the bulk of the trip pretty much every day that I was on the bike uh, was a hard day right uh, there was uh, there were no easy days uh, other than arguably the last day of the trip was a pretty easy day but uh, aside from that whether it was the distance or the hills or the wind or uh, you name it, um, it there was some materially uh, tough element of the trip and I think staying focused on here's what my goal was you know uh, buckling down and just saying okay I'm, I'm gonna get this done and, and sticking through it and then uh, keeping a you know, a light and positive attitude the whole time was uh, was what got me from, you know, from coast to coast. Beautiful. I love it. Focus, determination, never stop attitude, and just staying positive. I love those. I think in anything we do, if we have those things in an alignment, I think we we will complete or accomplish what we want to or accomplish our goals. So that that's awesome. And thanks for sharing. Now, before we get into your overall experience and your trip, before we do that, I want to just learn a little bit about about your passion for cycling. Like, what's your relationship with cycling? When did it start? Uh, well, like most people, I got my you know my my first bicycle when I was about five, and <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I I I, I, li- I lived in New York, and uh, you know. Uh, it was always I've always had a bike, and it was just always uh, um, you know it was a part of uh, a part of my life. You know, when I was I grew up in New York City, and uh, I uh, I didn't have a car, of course, because I lived in the city. And a lot of the time, I actually would just grab my bike to get from place to place uh, in um, in New York. Uh, when I was a teenager. And I was off for uh, for summer uh, from school. Uh, I did a couple of camps where um, where I did uh, bike tours with the Y. And you know, the first one was when I was 13, and I um, I did a two week trip from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia. And um, the second one was the next year when I was 14. I did a, also have a trip with the Y, and that went. Uh, we flew to Edmonton uh, in Alberta, and then uh, biked down south through the Canadian Rockies to Calgary, and that was a three-week long trip. And uh, I came back from yeah, I came back from that second trip, and you know, I was just uh, just jazzed by the fact that I had done this big thing uh, when I was 14, and I said, you know, someday I'm gonna bike across the country, and I've literally been thinking about uh doing that since i was 14 wow that's awesome that's great man that's uh <laughs> a lot of cycling right there <laughs> well yeah you know it, it was okay right like by by comparison to what i did over the summer uh this year and by and certainly by comparison to you know serious 
you know, uh, racers who are doing massive, uh, massive rides like the Trans Am or the Ram. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't even put myself in the same category any, anywhere, not a, even the same, you know, same uh, galaxy. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was more the, um, you know, it was more the experience of being on the bike and being out on the road and what, what it was like to, um, to not have to turn around at the end of, you know, at the end of the ride or halfway through the ride. Right. And it was, uh, you know, very much you know, for me, like bike touring, uh, one of the great things about it is, um, it's the unknown in front of you. And it is the fact that, you know, you're just going, you're just going <laughs> really, uh, and you're not turning around and you're, you're, uh, exploring and, uh, seeing new things, uh, you know, every single day. And, you know, this was of course the, the longest trip that I took, but, uh, even on shorter ones, it's, it's the same experience. Right. Well, I mean, whether, you know, the, the treks that you did when you're younger in your, in your life or your career, and even the one that you just did now this year, I mean, I can only imagine how much motivation that you have to have. And I want to focus on that a little bit. You know, when you think about making this trip from San Francisco on a bike all the way to New York, like, why would you want to take a trip like this? And and what is the motivation? You know, it, it's funny how, how you ask it um, is similar to, you know, a lot of the <laughs> questions I got while I was on the road, which is, um, in, in, uh, in parentheses, uh, in that question is you must be crazy to do this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, for me, it wasn't that right. It was, uh, um, being motivated to do this was not like I, um, it, it almost suggests that there was something that I had to get over, uh, as opposed to, you know, for me, this is something that I always wanted to do. It's, uh, it was, um, it was really, a my number one thing on, you know, my list of things that I'd want to do in my life. And, um, and for me, the, uh, that, that in and of itself was, uh, was the motivation, mm-hmm. right? It, you know, it's, um, it's getting out there. Like it, it was fun. Right, go getting on a bike and riding to begin with is fun. Uh, for for the most part, every time I get on a bike, uh, no matter like how exhausted I may be beforehand, uh, when I you know when I start pedaling, I and I start to you know just experience being out out of doors. Uh, it's um, the day improves measurably as soon as I start moving, right. and um, the idea that I would be able to, you know, get the time off and get the support from my family and just have, you know, the, the, the stars aligned so that I could, um, that I could invest in doing a big trip like this. That was, uh, um, yeah, that's, that just makes me a very fortunate guy because not everybody has the opportunity to do something like this. Absolutely. What I love about what you just said was about having fun. And I think this goes for all sports. I don't, I don't care if it's cycling, football, water polo, I don't care what sport it is. It, the basis of, of any competitive sport, whether it's team or individual, is about having fun. And the fact that that was part of you know, the fabric of, of you as a cyclist, I think that's awesome. And, and, but you did talk about that this is a goal that you've always wanted to do. It was you know, number one on your, you know, your bucket list. 
But if you were to like really truly look at how many years you've been thinking about doing this, how long has it been? 35. Oh, wow. I'm 40, I'm 49. So, uh, yeah, it's been 35 years in the planning. Wow, man. And how, how does someone plan for a trip like this? Like, what does it, what does it take? What do you have to think about? Um, the, uh, <laughs> there are lots of answers to that question. I think the, um, the big ones for me were, um, uh, I was, I was definitely focused on being fit for the ride. Uh, there are definitely some people that I met while I was on the road where they, you know, they came up with the idea one day to bike across the country and then they like went out and got a bike and then they started biking across the country. Um, for me, that's, uh, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I, uh, I was very much, uh, the other side of it, which was, I was riding consistently for months beforehand and increasing my mileage and increasing, you know, the toughness of the rides I was doing and then, you know, doing loaded rides so I could be used to being on a loaded, boring bike, um, you know, before I even, you know, uh, before I set out. And I felt when I left that I was uh, in as good a shape as I needed to be to, um, to do that uh, day in and day out. Um, the other, uh, the other part of it is, you know, is the route. Uh, there are, you know, all sorts of different ways you can go across the country. I did not choose the most direct way by any stretch. I, um, I decided, uh, there were a couple of points along the way that I wanted to get to. So one was, um, uh, Yellowstone. I had never been to Yellowstone. So I made a point to, uh, to route my way up the coast and, um, and, uh, north and, and then south again in order to get to Yellowstone. And I took some time off there. Uh, and I had a buddy who lives in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and had never been there. And so I made a point of routing, uh, to see him along the way. And, you know, and I knew I, where I wanted to end up. So that's, you know, uh, conceptually how I, uh, how I started with a, with the route. And that was, yeah, here's at least four points where I was starting, where I was ending and a couple of points in between that I wanted to get to that helped me plan that out. And then there's the logistics. There was a, uh, there's an organization, the adventure cycling association, and they provide great maps and details of, you know, where are their hotels and campsites and convenience stores and gas stations basically all over the country for bike, bike forests so that uh, you can uh, much more comfortably, um, A, get on roads where there isn't as much traffic and it's safer uh, and, uh, and, and deal with the, the act of living on the road uh, day in and day out for a long time. Uh, a lot of the trip, uh, as it turns out, was really figuring out where am I going to get to by the end of the day and where am I going to find a place to sleep? And then, you know, from, from there working your way backwards, um, where are all the places that I can stop along the way in order to refuel? Uh, because those were really the main questions that, uh, that I had, um, to guide the, the course of my day every day. Right. Yeah. Make sure you place to stay and, and, and eat and drink like you need those you got it you need those things right but it, it, yeah i i was talking with a, a guy um 
that I met on the road and we were, uh, we were talking after we both finished our trips and, um, you know, and I, I told him I missed being on the road and he, uh, he agreed, but he, he hit the nail on the head and he said, you know, it was just, it was simple, right? Being, uh, bike touring is a, uh, in large part, a, a simple exercise mentally where you're, you're really just focused on one thing and you're working on the, uh, the logistics of that, uh, of getting that one thing done, but there's little in the way of distraction, right? You're not multitasking. You're not, you don't have right. like, you know, 20 different demands on you. It's yeah. just one thing that you're trying to get done. And that's, uh, um, uh, it's a unique experience. And how many total miles would, how many miles was the trip? Start to finish, it was 5,250 miles uh, for, for the route that I took. Wow. And at 17 states, uh, I, did, I took my time. It was uh, uh, three months to the day. I want to say I actually had about 70, 70 70, somewhere between 70 and 75 actual days on the bike. Uh, and the rest of the time was... Uh, lollygagging and various point, you know, points of interest along the way. Well, you talked about physically how you got prepared for this track. Did you do anything to get mentally and emotionally prepared? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, actually, I um, uh, I was in a uh, a group therapy class uh, um, for I don't know, off and on for. Uh, um, probably the two months beforehand. And it was super, I had never been in therapy before and, uh, and actually it was super helpful. Uh, it was an opportunity to have kind of a, uh, a free environment to, to talk about here, all the things that I'm scared about and all the things that I, you know, is, uh, you know, uh, weighing on me and all, you know, effectively, it wasn't even so much about the trip. It was the fact that I was taking time off from my job and, um, uh, what it would mean for my career and, and, uh, from my family, uh, all of those things were the things that I was more focused on than, um, than the trip itself. Um, and, and that's, that helped a lot. It, uh, actually just, um, uh, having, having an environment where you can name the things that are, um, that are weighing you down and, uh, name the, the concerns that you've got and, um, and talk about them, uh, makes them much more containable. I can imagine, uh, going through the therapy, how helpful that was because you're going into this trip where there's just probably a tons or hundreds of unknowns, right? Outside of you and inside of you. So I can only imagine going through that probably mentally and emotionally got you prepared for the trip. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, um, I had an interesting experience, and that was that, uh, in large part, uh, the concerns that I had, um, uh, they were all before the trip. And I think you and I talked about this, right? Yeah. Uh, and that was um, uh, particularly, you know, and as the as the day drew closer, and then um, you know, the the day I left. Uh, my my family and I we got up uh, live on the peninsula in the Bay Area and um, we drove up to Ocean Beach um, just below the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and that's where I started the ride 
And um, as we were driving up there, uh, we were going up the 280 freeway, and I saw the you know the signs for 19th Avenue where we were getting off, and um, and I was freaking out. <laughs> I was like, "Are you are you totally crazy? Uh, there's no way you're going to actually be able to do this. Um, you're going to be you know the things I was worried about were you know I'm going to be lonely, I'm going to be homesick. I'm uh, it was." Um, I was very uh, focused on the idea that I wouldn't actually have the determination to finish it because mm. it's not, you know, hey, I'm going out for a long ride today. This is something I literally I've been thinking about for 35 years and I really wanted to do. And the main concern I had was like, yeah, I'm just not going to want to actually do it um, when I'm out there. And all of that was swimming through my head. And uh, when we got up to the beach and I dipped the tires of my bike into the Pacific Ocean and I put all my gear on uh, and, you know, stretched and said goodbye to my family. And I got on the bike and I, um, I took that first pedal, you know, pedal push, whatever, uh, I wasn't even clipped in uh, with both feet. I was just suddenly, you know, starting to roll. Um, that that moment, all of those fears, everything that was weighing me down, uh, just completely disappeared, and it was just replaced with excitement and euphoria of the fact that I was heading out on this thing that I had been thinking about forever, and you know, and I had this huge adventure in front of me, and I never. Um, over the course of the trip, I never actually uh, experienced um, any of the things I was actually scared about. Right? I never was homesick. I, I missed my family, but uh, you know, not in a way where it, at any time I thought I should stop to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I never thought about uh, turning around. Right? The, the question that I had around uh, will I have the determination and uh, to see this through, it never even came up. And, um, and I stayed, uh, uh, I stayed in touch with, you know, everybody on, uh, on Facebook. I had a journal on Facebook and posted every day and I talked to my family pretty much every day. And, um, and that was enough to, um, help me know that I had a big support system behind me and people rooting me on and I never felt lonely. And so those those were big things that I was scared about beforehand, and um, it just it was it was all as it turns out it was all in my head, um, uh, and the, the, those concerns really never came up during the course of the trip. Wow, man, I, I love it. And you know, it's funny we you know we hear this all the time. Society in, in sport, it's you know, it's about the mental game, and that's why it's really important to focus on mental performance and and the beautiful thing about your story at least the the start of it the, I mean that is so true for most athletes the experience of of any sport they go into with with emotions and whether if it is nervousness or anxiety and again you know you turned you can tr- even though that you were going through a lot of negative thoughts as soon as the whistle blows as soon as you pedal that first you know push first time that the gun goes off whatever sport it is usually all that fear the anxiety that energy it just peels off it fades away and you just created a cool image in my mind because i can i've been there before obviously i've never cycled what you've cycled 
and, and the trek you've done, but I've been as, as a competitor, I've felt those feelings. And as soon as it starts, it just fades away. But what's cool about your story is that you've created this, this really awesome picture at the start of your, your journey. But it was like, you gave me this, this idea of like riding into the sunset and riding into the sunset with excitement and positivity. Um, just a, a really beautiful, cool picture that you created. Yeah, it was more writing into the sunrise because I was heading east. But, there you uh, go. There you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I always had, I had to turn around in order to see the sunset. There you go. There you go. Well, it's funny that, like, you never got scared. You never wanted to quit, and which I, I love that. I mean, talk about being focused. I, I love it. But I can only imagine through three months of riding on your bike – you had to deal with some tough days. What were the tough days like, and how did you deal with some of the, the the weather conditions? Every day was tough, right? Uh, when I started the trip, um, you know, I I'm fond of saying, uh, I, um, you have to have your head examined to take the route that I did, which is starting uh, going north on the Pacific Coast because the uh, the winds are northerly, and I basically spent you know, the first, you know, 10 odd days of the trip, uh, riding up the coast to, into the central Oregon, um, facing, you know, 15 to 20 mile an hour headwinds like every day, like all day long. And I was just, you know, uh, that, that can take a toll on, um, on how you feel about life <laughs> because, you know, it's just, it's just like, you know, riding into a wall all day long. Um, the, uh, when I was going through, um, uh, when I was going through Yellowstone, uh, those were the coldest days. Uh, it was early June, and you know it uh, hailed, uh, it snowed. Uh, the uh, the lowest temperature got to. Uh, I was riding through Yellowstone. It was 27 degrees, so it was you know it was chilly. Um, and, uh, you know, Southern Wyoming, you're going through the desert, uh, there, it was just headwinds and a lot of, uh, road work that I was, uh, dealing with. And again, it's just kind of, it's sort of demoralizing when you're working as hard as you can and you see your progress just be as, uh, as slow as possible. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I think I told you in the middle of Kansas, I crashed. Wow. And I broke a, I broke a couple of ribs and, um, you know, and I ended up, uh, it was very fortunate. I, um, you know, the doctor I saw said, you know, I should give it a, only a week, um, uh, rest to, um, to see how I was feeling and see if I would be able to uh, continue on after that. And, um, and that's what I did. And I was able to push on after taking, it was you know, six days, uh, off that I, I did. And, um, you know, and that was, it wasn't hard uh, in um, like asking the question of whether I wanted to keep going. It was just whether I was physically able to keep going. Um, and so I think those were, uh, you know, th th those are examples of like the times of the trip that were uh, super hard, but then, you know, uh, in the Midwest and Illinois and Missouri and, uh, uh, in particular, um, the heat and the humidity was um, was just yeah, it was really something, and it, it really reinforced why I moved to the West Coast. Um, <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> right. You know, but but all but all 
all through it, uh, you know, and I, it goes back to your, your question around, um, you know, what's mental toughness. You know, I, I think the, um, you know, the, the focus on, look, I, I'm, I'm just trying to get to, you know, this next stop, uh, you know, 50 or 60 or 80 miles up the road and, um, uh, and just sticking with it and just, you know, grinding it out, uh, day in and day out and staying positive was work worked for me. Uh, you know, when, um, the, the day, as an example, the, the day that I rode from, uh, I rode into Louisville, Kentucky, it ended up being, a uh, I want to say a hundred and six miles that day that I rode. And, uh, I had, um, I had camped out the night before and, uh, the humidity was approaching a hundred percent. I couldn't sleep. Uh, I, you know, my ribs hurt cause it was after I broke my ribs and, uh, and I was looking at, you know, a hundred plus mile ride, uh, and thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, and you know, I was just, you know, I started the day just with a bad attitude and I, just, you know, 20 minutes into the day, I flipped a switch intentionally and I just said, okay, um, rather, let's, uh, let's focus in on all of these hard, you know, all of these reasons why I'm not going to get to Louisville. And I made a joke out of it, uh, for in my head for the rest of the day, I spent uh, 106 miles and however many hours it was, I was on the road wow. making, uh, literally an A to Z list of all of the reasons why I wasn't going to get to Louisville. And that's what kept me going all day long, you know, and, uh, and it was stuff like that. It was, you know, just trying to find the humor of things and, right. um, and you know, finding ways to root myself on, uh, that kept me going. Awesome. Well, I love it too. I love about intention. You know, even if your your intention is 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 humor, but when we have intention in anything in life, we have a mindset. That's that's I always say. Intention equals mindset. We talk about that word a lot, but truly, I've never met anybody that's had like a laser focused mindset and and not be intentional. So that that's very cool, and and I'm glad you brought yep. that up. I do want to talk a little bit about positive self talk because which seems like you were kind of going there a little bit. Because I can only imagine it's just you and the bike in the road. And there's a lot of time where you, you're thinking or probably not thinking. But when you're dealing with conditions like wind and cold and crashing, were there moments where positive self-talk or any affirmations served you to keep going in the right direction and staying positive? Uh, when I crashed, that yeah. was the – I think that, the, that was the um, – the best example. And I'm, um, you know, on, in retrospect and on reflection, I am happy about how I handled it. Right. Um, uh, because, you know, I, um, I was pretty worried, uh, while I was sitting there in the ER in Chanute, Kansas, waiting for my x-ray results and the uh, and the doctor to come back, um, that, you know, the prognosis was you're done. Mm. Um, and, um, and that, you know, despite my, you know, despite my intention and despite my focus, my attitude, there's just simply, you know, here's a barrier that I would not be able to overcome. And, 
Um, uh, you know, I, uh, that day was a day where I really tried to find, um, all of the positive, uh, positive aspects of, um, of what happened. Right. So, um, when I crashed, I was going probably about 20 miles an hour and I hit, you know, I obviously hit the ground pretty hard, but, uh, it looks like my, my panniers on the left side of my bike actually cushioned a lot of the blow. Right. Mm. Uh, I didn't hurt my head or my legs or my arms. Uh, uh, you know, things that if I had broken, if I had broken my left arm when I fell, I wouldn't have been able to keep going. Right. right? Uh, I broke my ribs and apparently you can, you know, as I figured out, uh, you can bike a couple thousand miles with broken ribs. Um, right. you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't by myself that, uh, that day I, when I crashed, I was actually biking with two other, uh, cyclists and I wasn't in the middle of the road, uh, just sitting there. Uh, we were pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I wasn't by myself. Uh, one of the guys, his brother was in, he was in town and he was at the next, uh, he was at the uh, the town that we were heading to, Chinook, and um, you know, and he called him up, and he came out with his big SUV and threw me and the bike into the SUV, and the you know, and took me to the ER. And the fact that there was an ER in that town was, you know, every all of these things were just um, uh, they were just the positive side of you know, if you're going to crash, these all of the other things uh, just worked out. Right. I, you know, I uh, was able to get care. I wasn't by myself. It was definitely, you know, it could have been a whole lot worse. And, you know, um, and uh, I, I went into um, to Walmart uh, to pick up uh, some medication after I came out of the ER. And there was a guy there that was walking around in crutches, you know, missing a leg. Uh, and I, you know, it, it seems like a um, you know, the, the typical story, but, you know, I looked at this guy and I said, well, no matter how bad my day is going, it could definitely be a whole lot worse. And, um, and that attitude and that, uh, um, positive perspective, uh, made a huge difference for me. Uh, and, um, you know, and I think that, you know, that it's an extreme example, but that's, uh, I think, it, you know, it hopefully hammers on the point. Sure. I mean, perspective. I mean, I think we, I think we get lost sometimes in whatever we're doing and we see something like that and it just gives us perspective, which is, I'm glad that you had that and that self-awareness of it. It's great. You know, another thing that comes up for me as well is, you know, when you're, when you're doing this trek, how do you, how do you deal with any, or did you have any equipment malfunctions? Did you have to deal with, you know, your tires popping, chains breaking down, spokes or hubs and yeah. malfunctions like and how do you plan for that i mean when you're gone for three months how many tubes do you bring with you and where do you put them <laughs> yeah yeah well um so i carried uh i carried three uh spare tubes uh i didn't have a single flat uh so uh, i was pretty lucky on that uh on that front um you know i know how to do basic uh mechanics uh mechanical work on the bike so i had you know a, a small toolkit with me uh some spare spokes and um you know uh chain links and things like that for the most common stuff uh when i mentioned the adventure cycling association you know on their maps they actually plot out um across i had i literally had mapped out uh, across the country where there were bike shops 
um, you know, start to finish. Mm. Uh, and uh, I was, uh, from a mechanical standpoint, I was actually uh, really lucky. The, um, the only uh, recurring problem I had was when I went, uh, uh, the northernmost point of my trip took me through Missoula, Montana, and I was, uh, I want to say, um, probably about 1,600 miles uh, or so into the trip at that point. And I went into a shop there, and I had them put on a new chain just just for hygiene purposes. Right. Uh, well, um, they put on a SRAM chain instead of a Shimano one. They said, oh, yeah, this is going to work just fine. Well, I spent the next 300 miles with my, you know, with my chain skipping um, until I got to West Yellowstone. That was uh, annoying. And so I got a new chain there. Uh, And the guys who put the chain on in West Yellowstone, they put it on with um, with a link too few. And so if I ever got into my big year in the front and the big year in the back, the entire thing would seize up. And I had to take everything off the bike, flip it over, wrestle the wheel off, and uh, get the chain onto a uh, onto a lower chain ring. Wow. And you know, it's like a, a good, you know, it's a good fifth. You know, it took a half an hour the first time it happened, just because I had no idea what was going on. And then uh, it happened a few other times uh, throughout the trip. When I got to Louisville, I took the bike into the shop and said, "Please, please replace the chain." And uh, they did, and they put it on with a length too short. Uh, and so, you know, for the rest of the trip, you know, for, for, you know, two thirds of the trip, my biggest problem was, uh, periodically I wasn't paying close enough attention and I'd get into big in the front, uh, which I was usually in. And then, you know, as, uh, I'm going up a hill or something, I would, uh, downshift in the back and, uh, ultimately get into the big one on the back and then just be totally, you know, tied up. Um, the best time that that happened was, uh, when I was, I was a day I was biking from Canyon City, Colorado to Pueblo, Colorado. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a particularly long day, but it was one of the hottest deserty days of the trip. I think it, it got up to like 108. Um, and, uh, um, and when I was halfway through and I didn't have a lot of water and, um, and there was nothing like there was nothing for these, you know, 60 miles. Um, and that happened, you know, and you're just on the side of the road in the middle of the desert and heat's baking down on you and you got your bike upside down, you know, there's crickets jumping around you and that's the only company that you've got, uh, you know, you do, you know, you have to keep a, you know, you have to keep your sense of humor in, in times like that. I bet, I bet, I bet. Well, besides completing this ride, what was the highlight of the yep. trip? Uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, it's funny you asked this, and I, I don't know if we talked about it, but um, the finishing the ride is a great thing, but it wasn't the highlight. Um, the highlight for me uh, came as a total surprise, uh, and that was um, uh, it was actually literally the halfway point of the trip. It was the day that I hit 2,600 miles uh, was – um, 10 miles outside of Breckenridge. So my route took me, um, uh, after I hit Missoula and went down through, um, down through Yellowstone, 
uh, continued south through uh, southern Wyoming and then northern Colorado and then into the Rockies and then um, uh, up to Breckenridge. And I took a day off in Breckenridge. And the next day uh, I got back on the on the bike. There's uh, 10 more miles out of Breckenridge to the Hoosier Pass. And that was the highest elevation point of the trip. It was, um, I'm actually looking at a picture of it that's sitting on my desk. It's 11,539 feet. And um, the 10 miles out of Breckenridge was pretty, it was pretty steep uh, switchbacks uh, going up um, to, to the pass. And when I got up there, uh, I was just, um, I was just overwhelmed. You know, I it, uh, the fact was that um, getting to that point uh, was it was super hard. Uh, I I'd never done anything up to that point um, uh, of this magnitude. You know, to get to the Hoosier Pass, I had to bike through California, Oregon, Idaho, Montana. Wyoming and half of Colorado, including going up the Rockies. And I was biking at 11,500 feet and uh, I got up there and I was just overwhelmed with, um, uh, with what I had accomplished just to get to that point. Uh, and uh, it was a great day. I, uh, I, um, I, I really learned, you know, uh, you know, my, my goal, uh, the, you know, for 35 years was to get from point A to point B, um, and to end up in New York. And, uh, um, I didn't, I didn't think about, um, what getting to different places along the trip would actually mean. And this one, uh, it just came as a total surprise to me. It's amazing. It's, uh, just really is the, the whole trip is amazing. And when you think about this amazing trip, if you were to describe it in one word, what would that word be? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm obviously not somebody who's shy about stitching words together. Um, uh, I I might have to get back to you on what's the one word to describe the trip. Uh, You know, it's... uh, no, nothing seems sufficient to describe it, right? <laughs> you know, amazing is the, you know, uh, life-changing, that's two words. Um, I, I, uh, I'll have to get back to you. It was a fantastic experience. Do you think this experience changed your life and gave you a sense of accomplishment? Uh, well, without a doubt. Right. Uh, you know, this one guy I was biking with, uh, Sean, um, I don't actually know his last name. We biked, uh, we met in, uh, um, in Baker city, Oregon, and we biked together through Idaho and, uh, and Montana, uh, to Yellowstone. We split up in Yellowstone, but, um, along the way, as we were going, uh, going through Montana, um, uh, you know, we, it was interesting because um, he uh, he had some tough days, and I think he um, he struggled with um, with staying positive on those tough days, and uh, you know some of the time, and um, uh, you know, and I just kept turning to him and just saying, "Man, you 
like think about what you did to get to this point. It's like you're a badass. Like, you know, we're out here in the middle of Montana with like, you know, whatever it was, fifteen hundred miles to get here. It's like we're badasses. <laughs> right. And like, you know, you, you you can't you just like just keep telling yourself that. And uh, you know, and um uh you know, and that's how I feel. Like like of course I bike, you know, fifty two hundred miles this summer. And, you know, I kept company with uh, people doing the Trans Am race who were doing, you know, they were doing 180 to 250 miles a day. And these guys were you know, amazing, totally amazing athletes. But, you know, it's kind of out there with them. And uh, I put in some big days and uh, just accomplished a, an amazing thing. And, you know, it was uh, the, the journey uh, was, um, you know, it was uh, – uh, it was a day in and day out test of my willingness to, uh, to persevere against, you know, mother nature. Um, but, uh, you know, the, um, coming off the back end of it, you better believe that it's something where I just, um, I'm proud of myself wow. and, um, uh, there's, uh, there's absolutely no question about that. Well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like feeling like a badass. I mean, I don't, I don't care if it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a great right. feeling. I mean, I don't care if it's in sport or if it's in uh, the boardroom, in life, in relationship. Man, when you're, when you're feeling like that, it is, um, it's a real and a live feeling. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, if I can, you know, yeah, maybe sure. uh, expand on it for a yeah. second. Like, I, I, I don't know if you and I had chatted about this when we when we first talked about it, but um, there was this point uh, one day when I was uh, biking to, um, uh, I was biking through southern Wyoming uh, to the town of Rawlins, and it wasn't a particularly long day. It was, I don't know, a sixty-five mile day or something like that, and uh, but. Um, the days before, uh, were, I mentioned earlier, Southern Wyoming was one of the hardest parts of the trip because of the winds. And I had, um, and, and I was at altitude. It was probably like 7,000, 7,500 feet. Uh, and you know, so you're, you're biking along and you're just like biking to a wall all day long. And, um, after like days and days of, uh, biking through the wind, the day I was biking to Rollins, I um, I got to this hill, and I have I have a picture of this up on my computer because uh, I, I keep it on my desktop, uh, and you can see that you know I had I had all this data sitting in front of me. I used uh, Ride with GPS, which mapped out you know the route and uh, showed me the elevation and the grade changes over the course of the day, and then I used this uh, this app Epic Ride Weather, which told me the temperature and whether it was going to rain and importantly, um, what the wind speed and wind direction was. I had all this data and I'm sitting, uh, I'm standing uh, at the bottom of this hill. Uh, it was about 10 miles out of Rollins and it was a six mile long climb. And I'm looking at it thinking, okay, it's super hot. I've got, you know, more headwinds ahead of me and these strong headwinds. And I've got this six mile long climb with this uh, pretty steep grade. I think, you know, mother nature has conspired against me. And this is the point, right? This was the point where I was just standing at the bottom of the trip where, uh, or the, this hill. 
And I thought to myself, I don't know if I can get over this. Uh, and this might be the point on the trip where I'm going to have to, uh, you know, hitchhike a ride with somebody with a pickup just to get to the top of it because I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up over this hill. And um, I had just I'd kind of psyched myself up, uh, psyched myself out uh, on doing it. And I put my headphones on, which I rarely did on the trip. But, you know, when I had a big climb ahead, uh, I occasionally did it. I put my headphones on and I put on some, you know, my rock on playlist and I started going up the hill and I, I kind of flew up the hill. It was a piece of cake. Uh, And I was, um, I was just so wrong right? (laughs) Uh, when I was standing at the bottom of it. Uh, And this is, you know, it, this is the thing that probably uh, sticks with me uh, as much as anything from the trip. And that was that this was a point where everything was working against me and I blew through it without a problem. And, um, and I had completely underestimated what I was capable of. And, um, you know, people have asked me, like, you know, what was the hardest day of the trip? And I, you know, it's impossible to answer that question. But I can tell you that it was one of the days before that moment. Because once I got to the top of that hill, um, uh, after that, I never had a day where whatever I was facing, I thought to myself, uh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Even the day I was going to uh, Louisville, Kentucky and biking 106 miles. And, you know, I, I quickly turned that into a joke. And, you know, after <laughs> having a couple of doubts about it. But um, really, there's, there hasn't been uh, a day since then where I said, you know, I'm not capable of accomplishing whatever it is that I'm setting out to do. And, um, you know, you ask, like, well, <laughs> how do you feel on the back end of the trip? Like that, that moment when I was at the bottom of that hill and uh, when I got to the top of that hill on the way to Rollins, that's going to stick with me forever. That is awesome. And this, this whole trip, this whole experience from beginning to end is, it's incredible. And, and I know there's more to probably share since you're out there, you know, for three months. Do you think that there's a book in you to capture this, this experience? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm just wrapping up uh, the photo book, uh, which um, I've been working on for the last couple of months, off and on, and I've you know I've uh, woven in all of the posts that I've had and details uh, from the trip. So I'm just about wrapped up with that. Uh, I have uh, toyed around with the idea of um, uh, writing a book of um, Related to product management, which is my my real time job when I'm not out on the road, uh, and what I learned uh, along the way uh, that you know is going to help me uh, and changes my thinking about uh, how I do anything, right, right? Uh, and how I do my job day in and day out. So I'm I'm noodling on that idea. Got it, got it. Well, what's next? What's what's the next goal? What's the next trek for you? Uh, well, yeah, glad you asked. Uh, so I, I came back and, uh, 
uh, I sat down and looked at a map of the world and um, the the trip that um, that I'm sort of itching to do. I'm, I'm starting to map out uh, would take me from San Francisco up through the uh, Sierras and the Cascades, up into Washington, then over uh, to Glacier National Park in Montana, uh, and then north um, back through the Canadian Rockies, just going the other direction from what I did when I was a, a teenager, um, through like Banff and Jasper, and then continue northwest through British Columbia, up into the Yukon, and then into Alaska, uh, to Fairbanks, a little bump up across the Arctic Circle, uh, and then down to Anchorage. Uh, and I haven't mapped out what the elevation gains are. The um, the distance is about what I uh, what I just did around five thousand miles. Uh, so if I can uh, figure out the details on that, uh, that that sounds like a pretty uh, cool trip. It's also um, uh, more mountainous, uh, which was better. Uh, I found better uh, overall over the course of the trip when I was on the west side of the country and up through the Rockies. Um, that was both the most beautiful parts of the country and um, it was a little cooler than uh, when I was <laughs> going through the Midwest, which I liken to being more like the Mideast. Um, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, uh, um, so that's uh, that. Uh, that I'm thinking through. Although, although you know, the interesting thing about that uh, that route uh, is it's a lot more um, uh, a lot more desolate uh, than what I did going across the country. So I got to really think through whether or not I want to. Um, you know, put myself really out in the middle of nowhere for extended periods of time. But, uh, but that's the one I'm thinking about. Well, if, and when you do that, let me know, cause I want to bring you back on the show and talk about that ride. So, all uh, right, well, you, maybe I'll get you out, get you out on the bike and, uh, you can come with me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I just, I, I want to thank you, Michael, for being on my show and, and, and sharing this incredible story. This is, you know, Generally speaking, most people don't have an opportunity to do this. Most people don't have the motivation and the confidence to do something like this. And the fact that this has you know, been in the forefront of your mind for 35 years and you finally completed it, it's just it's incredible. And, uh, and I just want to thank you for obviously sharing your story and your energy and, and your mindset about this. This was a, a really cool experience for me, and I, I hope it's a great experience for my listeners as well. Well, thanks for having me on your show, and uh, it was obviously a it was a tremendous thing, and I I love the experience. I'm happy to uh, share it, and uh, and uh, hopefully some of your listeners will uh, enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm.